encourage you today that no matter what you're facing, no matter what you're dealing with, no matter what you're going through, to keep running. Amen? The text that we'll be reading from this morning will be Hebrews chapter 12. And we'll be reading verses 1 through 3. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. And if you could just rest one more time on your feet as we honor the word of the Lord. I'll be reading from the NIV version today. If you don't have that version, it's all good. It's on the screen. So just follow along. If you have it, say amen. amen. Scripture reads, Therefore, since we are surrounded by such a great cloud of witnesses, let us throw off everything that hinders and the sin that so easily entangles. And let us run with perseverance the race marked out for us, fixing our eyes on Jesus, the pioneer and perfecter of our faith. For the joy set before him, he endured the cross, scorning its shame, and sat down at the right hand of the throne of God. Consider him who endured such opposition from sinners. Here's the key I want to focus on. So that you will not grow weary and lose heart. And the topic that I want to speak from today is simply the marathon continues. You may have your seats. The marathon continues. And I just want to read this other scripture just for some sustenance. Sustain me, my God, according to your promise, and I will live. Do not let my hopes be dashed. Father, we thank you for this moment in time, and we just ask that you would bless the word and have your way. In Jesus' name. Amen. The marathon continues. Allow me to interrupt your regularly scheduled program with this breaking news announcement. Trouble is inevitable. Regardless of who we are, where we live, how much we make, or what our last name is, no one will be immune from trouble. You see, trouble is defined as anything that causes difficulty, worry, and inconvenience. Or it could be something that attempts to prevent you from completing a task. You see, 2 Corinthians 4, 8, and 9 says, we are hard-pressed on every side, but not crushed. Perplexed, but not in despair. Persecuted, but not abandoned. 
struck down, but not destroyed. We will experience trouble. If we were to trace the creation narrative back to the beginning, we will find because of the decision of Adam to succumb to the temptation of the tree of the knowledge of good and evil in the garden, mankind has been at a disadvantage since that decision. We were born with something that's called inherited depravity, which is the corruption of man's moral nature that inclines him to sin from birth. The perfection, the perfection that existed in the world prior to Adam's fall is no longer. Death entered into the world. And while we still experience God's grace towards us, we still have to have to learn how to deal with this thing called trouble. You see, in the book of John chapter 16 and verse 33, our Lord and Savior Jesus Christ makes it quite clear. He makes one of the more uncomfortable and yet comforting statements at the same time. Jesus says, I have told you these things so that in me you may have peace. In this world, you will have trouble. But take heart, because I have overcome the world. He confirms, yeah, I know you're going through some stuff, but I, I've overcome the world on your behalf. He's already handled the heavy lifting required for you to overcome. See, prior to making this statement, Jesus had been dealing with his disciples about the events that were to come surrounding his impending death and how their faith, how their faith would be tested in the process. Jesus shared with his disciples how they would eventually abandon him and operate under the mindset of every man for himself because of the troublesome days that were ahead. To deal with the turmoil, Jesus gave his disciples an example using childbirth. I know something about childbirth. <laughs> a woman giving birth to a child, these are Jesus' words. A woman giving birth to a child has pain because her time has come. Somebody has been dealing with some pain, but I'm here to let you know the reason why is your time has come. But when her baby is born, when what it is that you've been impregnated with from God, the seed that he put in your spirit to produce, when the baby is born, she forgets the anguish because of the joy of the child that is born into the world. So with you, now 
is your time of grief. Now is your time of hardship. Now is the time that you got to endure. But I will see you again, and you will rejoice, and no one will take away your joy. Jesus told him, no one will take away your joy. That joy that you had to suffer for. That joy that you had to endure for. That joy that you thought you lost along the way. If I could say it in old school church terminology, this joy that I had, the world didn't give it to me. The world didn't give it, and the world can't take it away. Y'all know the song. See, my assignment today is simply to remind us that in spite of all that we have faced, all the trouble that we have endured, all the frustration that's going on in your mind, all the anxiety that you're dealing with, the ups, the downs, the wins, the losses. I'm here to let you know to keep running, keep going. The marathon continues. This is not your end place. This is not the destination. You have to endure. Hallelujah. It becomes so easy to give up. It's easy to give up, to throw in the towel. But we are in a fight. We are in a fight to the finish. We must continue our journey of faith. We must continue our journey of faith. But understand that there is a battle that is ongoing that will do all it can to take it. But we must endure. See, the Bible puts it plainly. It lets us know the blueprint of what it is that Satan wants to do in John 10, 10. The scripture tells us that the thief comes but for to steal, kill, and destroy. We've been sitting under the leadership of Bishop Aglin Brady since 2009, and one of the most famous quotes that he always makes, one of his personal quotes, is the devil wants to destroy your relationship with God. But the beautiful thing about that statement after Jesus says that, he says, but I've come. I've come that you might have life and have it more abundantly. So you're going to go through some stuff. You will go through some hardship. But I've come that you can endure the test. For many years, for many years, we have been sold a bill of goods in some of our churches to think that because we are believers, because we have professed the faith, because we've been baptized, that we are somehow immune to trouble. You see, the current climate of our westernized church culture paints for us a picture that many have lost their way and have defected from the faith because they weren't prepared for the trouble that they would endure. Yes, we speak the blessings of God. We speak the promises of God and that we can walk in an abundant life. But there is always, hear me now, 
there is always a backside to the blessing. Whenever something good comes, you can expect something not so good to show up. Preparation in any area of life is extremely critical to our success. So what boggles my mind is we have taught believers how to praise. Yeah. We've taught you how to worship. We have showed you how to pray. But one place that we have not put an emphasis on is showing you how to endure. You see, being able to endure the hard times and not lose hope, that's the key. Enduring the hardness as a good soldier of Jesus Christ, but not losing hope in the process. So let's not try to beautify or flower the circumstances that we find ourselves in. This faith that we carry, the race that we are running, is one of endurance. Being able to sustain, being able to have some sustainability about myself, being able to sustain despite all that is going around us. You see, every season of our life that produces some trouble is not set up by the enemy. Some seasons are God-ordained. If I could call a witness to the stand that could confirm these statements that I just made, I'd call a man by the name of Job. Let's, let's just review how the Bible explains how Job is. He was blameless. He lived upright. He feared God. He shunned evil. With a resume like that, you would think he would be immune to some trouble. But he was no exception. And if he was no exception, then what makes us think that we will be? See, Jesus' words, and I love quoting Jesus, that's my man. Jesus said, come to me, come to me. All you who are weary and burdened, I will give you rest. Take my yoke upon you and learn from me. For I am gentle and humble in heart, and you will find rest for your souls. Here's the kicker, for my yoke is easy and my burden is light. But he didn't make the statement that if you come follow me, you won't have a yoke and you won't have a burden. He didn't say that you wouldn't go through anything. He said that it's light. And the reason why he can make a statement about it being light is because when you hook up with Jesus, he's there every single step of the way. So when you start enduring tough places and hardships, he's there to walk you through it. It's not an easy road, but if you trust him, he'll carry you through it. You see, sadly, some have been misled by those that evangelize or proclaim the word of God because they have been under the impression that you can come across a season in your life that is hard or difficult and just speak 
proclaim or profess your way out of it. You cannot just speak, proclaim, or profess your way out of some of the seasons that you are going to endure. One of the champions of the prosperity gospel movement, a man by the name of Benny Hinn, recently renounced many of the teachings that he and other preachers who peddled to parishioners about giving to God to get from God. The message they shared was more quid pro quo, or in other layman's terms, this for that, than sharing the truth about following Jesus Christ. You see, when I read the scriptures, when I read the word of God, every story, every story that I encounter, I'm talking about every story that I encounter, every story that I have read in the scriptures shows me a God that meets us in the middle of our trouble. Can I give you another case study? Another case study that we can point to would be the three Hebrew boys in Daniel 3. You see, these boys were cast into the fiery furnace. That's what the scripture says. But they made the statement. It says, if we are thrown into the blazing furnace, the God we serve is able to deliver us from it. And he will deliver us. But even if he doesn't, but whatever the situation you're going through right now, even if God doesn't deliver you out of it, even if you have to see it all the way through and endure the hardness and endure the tough times, but even if he doesn't, he's still God. He's still God. He's still worthy to be praised. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Sometimes we get in our mind that when the season starts to get dark and we start enduring hard times or we can see the hard times coming, we believe that God should prevent us from going through that hardship, from, to prevent us from going through that fiery furnace. But the scripture that I read when you talk about Hebrews, and I'm sorry, the three Hebrew boys, the heat got hotter before anything could occur. So God didn't prevent them from going through and the circumstances got worse. They got worse. But they could make the statement that even if he doesn't do it, he's still worthy to be praised. And we will not bow down to whatever it is that you are trying to have us worship. God met them in their despair. One of the statements that I have made on multiple occasions when proclaiming God's word, is that this walk with Christ is not a cakewalk. This isn't for the faint of heart. Only the strong survive. You see, there's tension that we are constantly exposed to as believers. We profess the word of God, we, we are professors of faith, but we live in a tension daily that comes along with being believers in Jesus Christ. The book of Hebrews, as we return to the text, doesn't clearly identify its audience by name, city, or region, but in general terms, we can be confident that the author wrote 
to a specific audience with whom he was personally familiar. You see, the author of Hebrews wrote to exhort his audience to reject local Jewish teachings and to remain faithful to Jesus. You see, they wanted to hold on to that old covenant, the Mosaic covenant, but they didn't realize that it had already been fulfilled in the man Jesus Christ. You see, as we look at the text in Hebrews 12, we find the word race. The Greek word for race in the text is agon, which translates as conflict, fight, contention. The writer of Hebrews has written this letter to persecuted Jews. The author praises the audience for their strength when they were persecuted in those earlier days after they had received the light. And think about that, because he talks about it in Hebrews 10 where they had came to the faith and they were being persecuted when they came to the faith. But because of the zeal, you know how the zeal, the zeal you get when you come to Christ, when you understand who he is, when you receive Jesus, when you get baptized, when you join the church, when you do all these things that we have you go through, A, B, C, D, just to get on the ark of, of, of safety. You go through all these steps, and you're excited. You're ready to tell somebody about Jesus. You want to jump through a, a wall for Jesus. But then, but then, but then, but then. A blow comes that you wouldn't expect it. You know what's going to happen. And so you experience some faith trauma. You go through a hard time. You're excited about Jesus. You want to tell everybody about Jesus. And then you go through a season where it's just like every blow comes your way that is trying to take your life. But the beautiful thing about the Hebrew text is it gives us Somebody to look to. The Hebrew writer tells us to fix our eyes on Jesus. Fix our eyes on Jesus for the joy that was set before him. The joy that was set before him. So Jesus had joy that was set before him that caused him to continue to persevere, to continue to endure hardship, to continue to walk the road to Calvary. He had joy that was set before him. What, what could that joy have been? Because generally when, when I'm going through something, if I could just be honest, I don't know where the joy is. Where's the joy? I'm dealing with these issues my daughter, she don't want to listen. Where's the joy? Where's the joy? My job is frustrating. Where's the joy in that? Where's the joy? I got this assignment I got to get done for school. Where's the joy in this? Where's the joy? And as believers, hear me, it's okay to be frustrated. It's okay to be upset when you got to go through some things. And it's okay to say to yourself, man, God, I, I need you on this one because I don't know how I can continue to endure. One of the beautiful texts in Scripture is Matthew 11 where it talks about how John the Baptist had to go to jail. John the Baptist went to jail. This is the man who was proclaiming the word of God. This is the man who was anointed from birth. This is a man who saw Jesus afar off said, Behold the Lamb of God who takes away the sins of the world. 
This is the man who baptized Jesus. This is a man who saw the Holy Spirit descend upon him like a dove and hear the voice of God saying, this is my beloved son in whom I am well pleased. This is that John the Baptist. He went to jail. He went to jail. And the funny thing about the story is, well, really it's not funny, it's the truth about the story is, he's sitting in a cell and he's frustrated. He's like, God, I mean, you, you called me from birth. I'm out here ministering. I'm traveling. I'm on itinerant ministry. They got me coming everywhere. But why am I in jail? I even spoke against injustices, but you have me in a jail cell? I'm in jail and I'm anointed? John is like one of the, my, the favorite people that I like to read about in Scripture. But in this particular instance, his faith was tried. He was going through a hard place. He had to endure. He had to endure. And the beautiful thing about the story is John calls his disciples like, man, listen. Y'all need to go find Jesus. Y'all need to go find Jesus and ask him, man, should we expect another? Are you really the Christ? Trauma? will have you questioning whether you're even in this thing for Jesus or not. That cell did something to him. It messed with his mind. At night he couldn't sleep. He was tossing and turning. He still had the candlesticks burning. Mind playing tricks on him. <laughs> Y'all might not know about that. That's a hip-hop reference. <laughs> He was going through a hard place. He was enduring stuff. And he had the nerve to send his disciples to question Jesus, are you really that guy? Jesus, Jesus asked, they asked Jesus John's question, and Jesus says, you need to go back and tell John this. The lame are, see, or the lame are walking, the blind see, the deaf hear. The work of the kingdom is being done. Here it is, and blessed is he who is not offended because of me. See, as we endure these hardships, you got to watch out for that thing called offense because it can rise up in your heart and cause you to miss out on everything that God has for you. You have to guard your heart with all diligence because that thing will trip you up. And you're not alone in this. You're not alone in this because when we look at the text in Hebrews 11, some call it the hall of faith. I look at it as people who endured hardship to overcome what it is that God had promised to them. They had to endure. They had to continue. You look at the list. You see the people and what they endured. You see the stories. Abraham had to get on the road walking as if he's about to sacrifice his son. I, I can only imagine what's going on in his mind when he said, when God told him, your problem, I'm going to promise you a seed and it's going to bless the world. And now you're telling me to give the seed up? Think about that. It's okay to feel. When you look at the, the, in Hebrews 11 and you see all of these different examples, this is a reminder to us that we aren't alone. And that they handled 
their leg of the race. So the scripture talks about a great cloud of witnesses. It's not as if they're in heaven looking down on us. The scripture doesn't teach that. But we are looked to them as the examples of how to continue on. That's why the marathon continues. It's almost like a relay marathon. I didn't even know they did this, where you can join a race, and there's a relay marathon that you can have a team in a relay race, and they can come in as a group. So you can have a group that can compete in a, a, in a relay race. Everybody handles their leg. So that's how we have to look at this walk with Jesus. We look at this list of people that endured, and then we have our perfect example in Jesus Christ. And they completed what they, what they were supposed to do. Some of them, the scripture talks about, didn't even get to see the promise. They didn't even get to see the promise. They had partial fulfillment. They saw elements of God working in their life, but they didn't get to see the full picture. And as we look at scripture, we can see elements in the Old Testament of how we knew that someone was going to come in our stead to endure what it is that he had to go through. We see elements in Genesis where it talks about he'll bruise the head and bruise the heel. We see that that's a first prototype of proto-evangelism of Jesus. That's the blueprint. That's the gospel in the Old Testament. Thank God for Jesus. It's hard sometimes. It is frustrating sometimes. But I'm here to encourage you today to continue to keep running. Keep running. When I was a kid, I remember I was a big John P. Key fan. And, and John P. Key was coming to Kansas City. Man, we was hyped. John P. Key and New Life Community Choir. He was giving a free concert. Free concert at what was Christ Temple, now Victoria's Life. We got there. Sitting in the balcony, I'm like, man, I'm about to see John P. Key. This is my guy. Next to, to Marvin Winans, those are my two guys, man. Like, I love their music. And concert was, was awesome. You know, singing was beautiful. Worship was awesome. And then at the very end of the concert, he kind of switched it up on us. So generally when you hear altar call given, you... You know, we like to get deep. You know, we play the, the organ, we play the soft music. So, but man, he flipped the script on us. And some people may know the band, the Gap Band. And they have a song, but in the song it says, My heart is yearning for your love. And then in elements of that, that last stanza of the song, it says, Keep running. And when they started singing that, man, that just messed me up. It messed me up because I, I didn't know what it was doing to me in that moment. But as I think back over my life and I think about all those times where I wanted to quit running, where I wanted to give up, where I wanted to throw in the towel where I wanted to say, I'm done with this walk. I'm done with believers. I'm done with church. I'm done with all of it. I kept hearing in the back of my mind, keep running. Keep on running. 
said that, and man, it just, it's like, okay, I got to keep going. I got to keep going. I got to keep going. I got to keep running. I got to keep running. I have to keep running. This is my part of the leg where I have to complete my task so when my time is up, I can hand it off to that next generation so they can keep running. I got to keep running. I see the things that came about. I see the things that tried to attack me, but I got to keep running. I know that there's a hedge of protection around me while I'm running. And I see some of the things that get through the hedge, but I want to thank God for the things that didn't get through the hedge. We talk about everything we see, but what has God protected us from? What has he delivered us from? What is he keeping us from? Keep running. Keep running. Keep running. Keep running. Hallelujah. I just want to encourage you today to keep running. The marathon continues. It's not time to throw in the towel. Some of us are looking at 2019 like, man, I was supposed to work out and it's already October. I was supposed to go to school and it's already October. I was supposed to do all these things. But I want to submit to you today, as long as you still have breath in your body, as long as you still have the activity of your limbs, as long as you still have your right mind, you better take advantage of today and to keep running. Hallelujah. There's three words that I just want to leave you all with. Endurance, stability, and consistency. Endurance, stability, and consistency. Those are the things that, that are getting me to go. Like Those are the things that I look for when I look at people, when I look at a, a job or whatever the circumstance. Endurance, stability, and consistency. So as believers, we have to build up our endurance. And how you build the endurance is you go through hardships. I know it's not pretty, it ain't sexy, but you got to go through the hardships. I literally just started going to a place called Orange Theory Fitness about two months ago. And when I got in there, man, I, I had no endurance. Every time he told me to get on that treadmill, I'm like, oh my goodness. Whew, Lord Jesus. But every time I would go, each time I go back, my endurance is getting bigger. I mean, it's getting wider. I'm getting stronger. I'm getting faster. I'm doing things that I didn't think I could do physically at 34 because I wasn't doing that for like 10 years. Endurance, stability. Can we sustain what it is that God has given us? We have this treasure in earthen vessels. We are called to carry it, but we also have to sustain this thing because with the marathon, it's not a sprint. It's a long distance. So what we've been given by those enlist, listed in Hebrews 11 and even those that we have seen come and go in the faith, our aunties, our uncles, our grandmas, grandpas, brothers and sisters, those that we saw do work in the body of Christ. They've given us that baton. They've given us that. And now we have to continue to carry it on. And it's a treasure. We got to carry it. We got, it, we got to treat it like it's something special because it is. It's our responsibility. And lastly, consistency. Even when you go through the hard place and go through hard times, 
don't stop coming to church. Don't stop gathering with other believers. We live in a day and age where it is so easy for people to just be like, you know what, I'm done with the church. But those of us that know the truth and that know that this is what we need to continue to carry us on, be consistent with it. And not just on Sunday. you got to be consistent in your walk on a daily basis. Do devotionals. Get moments of solitude. You know, doing things that will encourage your spirit. Get into the spiritual disciplines that will help us go further in this walk. Endurance, stability, consistency. You have that treasure in you, and you can go through anything. The marathon continues. Somebody say amen.